COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa Cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa Cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa Cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 102 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're building connections. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Steve Rendazzo is here to discuss his new book about making connections in this digital world. We'll have that chat in just a moment. Coming soon, David C. Baker on building an agency, Carmen Perry on the biggest challenges for marketers. Plus, we'll have Rich Lyons on marketing the holidays, a couple of discussions on conversion, one with John McDonald and another with Justin Christensen. It's a fascinating subject, so we want to cover it from all angles. Chris Stefanik will join us soon on storytelling, Shay Robottom on viral videos, Kiri Masters on marketing, and Amazon and Nathan Hirsch on finding the right freelancers. We've got a lot more planned, and I'll let you in on those plans as the weeks go by. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, on to Steve Rendazzo. Steve has had an idea for a book in his head for a while, and finally was able to get it out this year. It's about how brands can stand out in this cluttered world. We talk about the book, the work he does at his company around building experiences, and the aha moment he had that helped him change the title of the book. Oh, and we also talk about the key to a good customer experience. And what's that? Well, it's emotion. And that leads us into a discussion about B2B and B2C experiences. This is the first of two parts. So let's get to it. Steve, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Mark. It's great to talk to you today, too. So you've got a new book out. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. It's something I've wanted to do for the past 10 years in the last year and a half, I guess I finally uh, sat down and made it made it a priority. But it's called Brand Experiences, Building Connections in a Digitally Cluttered World. <laughs> and 
it's all about how brands can stand out in, in a lot of real practical applications as to how brands of all sizes, big brands, small brands, can stand out in this cluttered marketplace that we have today. And it's been out for about six or eight weeks. You can get it at Amazon or where they say uh, Barnes & Noble and where other fine books are sold. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's become my third kid and uh, something I really enjoy talking about. Was it a, you probably went into it with some ideas about what the book would be about. Was it a process of discovery? Did you come out of it thinking things anew or was it pretty much the situation you thought you would find? Well, it's interesting because I started with kind of a, a working title and kind of a working direction. And it did take on a life of its own. It's interesting because I wanted to do it for 10 years and I jotted down what I, where I thought the book was heading. And at the end of the day, it just kept talking to me, talking about all the clutter that we're living in. And so in everything we do here at my company is all about building experiences. So, you know, brand experience is what we do. And, you know, what we do does cut through the clutter. So it kind of was this aha moment, I guess, where all of a sudden at the very end, after it was done and it was, you know, it, it had another title. I changed the title at the last minute. We created the cover and, and I said, all right, that's it. We're not making any more changes. What's done is done and let's see if it resonates and it's resonating. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. So then let's cut to the chase on this. What is the key to a good customer experience? Well, I think uh, it really comes down to two things. For a really great customer experience, it has to drive emotion and it has to drive connection. And let me just give you a couple of non-marketing examples. So if you think about your 21st birthday celebration, or maybe you went to a really great fireworks display a couple weeks ago, or maybe you, you went to Disney for the first time with your family um, when you were a kid, or maybe first time as an adult, or something I just went through. My daughter just graduated from college and going through that graduation ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Those are all experiences that, you may remember for decades. I mean, you may remember them for the rest of your life. I mean, I do remember my 21st birthday celebration, although, you know, some parts are a little uh, <laughs> sketchy. Uh, for one reason or another, right? Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, maybe age or <laughs> something else. But you remember those things. And, you know, if there's a really great experience, they really, they become part of your brain and they become part of your memory and you have this emotional connection. Now, from a, let's go to the marketing standpoint, which is really what we're talking about today. I think emotion may be the best way to look at return on investment for any marketing program. You know, does it cut through the clutter? Does it create, you know, an emotional connection for the consumer? I mentioned that aha moment, and we talk about that a lot. And we defined a brand's aha moment as to be the time when the consumer goes from awareness to truly understanding, you know, kind of the light bulb thing, you know, light bulb goes off. I get it. I understand this. You know, you taste a beverage that you knew about, but you have never experienced it. And now you taste it and you go, wow, that's really good. Or if you're working on through a software program and after you experience it and you really see the value of it and the value it brings to you, you understand it. So that kind of that light bulb goes off and that's really where the value comes from a brand standpoint. 
You know, there's, there's so many messages out in the marketplace and most don't create emotional connections so they don't get stored in your brain. And I mean, this is science. This isn't, you know, just creativity, but when you, there's an emotional connection, it actually gets stored in your brain. And most messages, unfortunately, today just fly in and fly out. A lot of brands out there are just throwing stuff out and hoping it sticks. And, you know, there's no theater, there's no tangible value for the consumer to absorb. So, you know, it just becomes noise. I had a discussion about 20 years ago when I was working in marketing for a company about how people, and this was a big company that made really expensive pieces of computer equipment. And I had a discussion with someone in product marketing about how people make decisions when they buy something. And my thesis back then, and still today, is that people make decisions based on their visceral reaction, their emotional connection to a brand. Not necessarily on data, not necessarily on price, but on their emotional connection and their emotional well-being after that kind of purchase. Do you agree with that? Oh my God, 100%. And it's really, it, it, that's always been important in a B2C world, but business to business decisions now are becoming more emotional. Um, yeah. You know, there's a customer out there who has a problem. And if you have a product or a service that can help solve that problem, it's a business decision, but it can be an emotional decision. So we're, we're doing more and more B2B programs that are looking more and more like a B2C program. Yeah. You know, we're using things like it's AR there. that we've never used before in a B2B environment and augmented reality or virtual reality, either one, are extremely effective in the B2B environment. Yeah. So let's, I was going to ask you about this later, but now that we've started talking about it, how do you view B2B experiences versus consumer experiences. I think they're converging. I think the techniques that are used for B2B are becoming more like B2C. And in fact, I think that those approaches are kind of blending. But is there a difference? I definitely think they're blending. There can be a big difference. One of the differences, you know, from a B2C standpoint, you may not be at the point of purchase. So if you're buying a consumable brand, let's say it's yogurt, you may be at a fair or festival or you may be marketing it and, and sampling it at a concert or wherever, but you can't physically buy it then. So right, what you're hoping right. to do is to build a connection that gets the consumer the next time they go to the store that they pick up your product. Or you could be at the grocery store standing in front of you know, a whole case full of yogurt and they try it and then they turn around and buy six packs and, and that's exactly what you want because you convert them right there on the spot. You get to see that mm -hmm. whole buying journey right there on the spot. They have awareness to your product. They taste it. They have an aha moment. They say, oh my gosh, this is really good. The pineapples seem so fresh or the strawberries or whatever <laughs> it happens to be. And then yeah. they turn around and they go, how much is it? Oh, it's $1.88. Today it's on sale, six for a dollar, whatever. Boom, they, they buy it and they move on. And you can have that same type of buyer's journey in a B2B world. It's usually not that quick as there is, you know, because it's, sure. it's obviously a bigger decision. But we do, we do a B2B program that 
is extremely successful for our B2B clients. And it's basically a mobile trade show. And instead of going to a trade show floor and marketing your products or services amongst lots and lots of clutter and maybe no decision makers or maybe very few decision makers, we go, we gather up all the products and services of our customers and we take them to their customers' parking lots. So it's an opportunity for us to get the decision makers because a lot of decision makers aren't going to trade shows these days, but they're all sitting in their office. They know we're coming that day. We set up in their parking lot that morning. So when they pull up in their car, they see us. Everybody in the organization sees us. There's this buzz going on amongst their building. And we go in and get decision makers to come out and experience our clients' products or services. That whole buyer's journey is something we can control. So we're telling our client's story to a group of decision makers. Now, it may be the buyer, it may be the CEO, it may be the CMO, but you also get other departments. Like maybe you get the engineering department or the manufacturing department or the transportation department or whatever department touches our client's product or service. You get them all into that environment on their parking lot at the same time. And it's amazing because then, you know, our client's salespeople are there. They're customers are there because we've gone directly to their offices or you know their headquarters and they come out and experience our clients products or services in a completely neutral environment that there's no competition and we get to take them through this buyer's journey and our clients are telling us these programs are doubling their pipeline and they're cutting their sales cycle in half because the right people are there having the right discussions get to experience the product or the service and their ROI has been as much as 50 to 1 on these programs. So a lot of what we're doing in these B2B experiences are the same things we've been doing for years from a customer, a consumer standpoint. Like I said, virtual reality, augmented reality, things like that are all being utilized in in the B2B environment and we're getting these emotional connections. You know, especially for those products that maybe are a little bit less price sensitive. They're not a commodity. They can, we can really show their value. We can create that aha moment, you know, in 30 to 45 minutes, you know, we see the buyer's journey and, you know, they're, they're extremely productive use of everybody's time because the decision maker just has to walk out and spend 30 or 45 minutes. A lot of times we bring food in so they, you know, they get to sit down and and have lunch and it's creating these opportunities where sales are getting done quicker which, you know, everybody wants more clients and you want to keep your current clients and, and you want to bring in new clients. So it, it's, it's really effective and it's a great option to a trade show, which, you know, most of the people who come to us are saying, right. you know, we used to do 30 trade shows and now we're only doing five. And the reason we're only doing five is because we don't even, we don't follow up on them. You know, we give all these leads to our salespeople. They go back to the office and, you know, their world goes back to the way it used to be before they left on this trip and they're busy and they're doing all this thing and nobody follows up with any of these opportunities. So the ROI is not there and so they have to figure out a different way to, to drive revenue and drive sales. And, you know, fortunately, you know, this program is, is resonating with them and it's, it works out really well. Yeah, it is interesting how the old model of going to as many trade shows as you could and putting up a cheap stand and uh, having a few people there in, you know, t-shirts and handing out brochures and so forth 
has kind of been flipped on its head, that the trade shows are now bigger that you go to. They're more of an experience, but there's fewer of them. Yeah, oddly enough, they're most of them are in Vegas, too. It may help the attendance, but, you know, after the first day and everybody's been out enjoying Vegas and everything that Vegas has to offer, a lot of what we're hearing is a lot of those decision makers aren't coming back to the floor after the first day because they've gone and they've had a great time and now they're heading back to their office, wherever that may be. Or they're in their hotel room with an ice bag on their head. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve's book, Brand Experiences, Building Connections in a Digitally Cluttered World, is available wherever you get books. I think there are still bookstores left, so head out there and pick one up. It's a great read. We're not done with Steve, though. Next time, he's back in to continue our discussion as we touch on creating a memorable experience. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.